Today on Coco Disaster, all I want to do is zoom a zoom a zoom zoom and a boom boom. Hi, and welcome to Coco Disaster. I'm Pops Chorpsaway. Oh, wait. Uh, I'm uh, JJ, the chimp. <laughs> I'm uh, Spritel. This sucks. I'm Future Friends. Hello. <laughs> and welcome to a very special episode. If you'll remember, this uh, ragtag of bozos joined me last time to talk about the two Ghost in the Shell movies and sort of, like, compare, contrast sort of the different ideas with them then. And this time, for a very special 10th anniversary, we're going to be talking about the live-action Speed Racer movie by the Wachowskis. Oh, I thought you were saying that Chaco Disaster had been around for 10 years. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, welcome to the 10th anniversary of the podcast. It's amazing how time flies. <laughs> Well, you didn't say ten what? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been ten years, we've done 25 episodes, and you know what? I think I'm happy. I think we can retire it. <laughs> exactly. We've we've made it to this point. But we've got one last race in us, at the very least. Mm-hmm. Speed Racer, the live-action movie, I distinctly remember when it came out, just, like, nothing but negative reviews from my friends, from, like, the people in the newspaper. Like... I don't remember a single, like, real positive take on this movie. Um, mm -hmm. I heard one positive take, and it was that, oh, you should get the Blu-ray of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, basically, wow. I think this movie might have been made just to test out, like, HDTVs, because it was, like, came out <laughs> right when they started to get big. It was like, oh, okay, I get it now. Huh. Right, this... It's like how now you watch, like, what is it, like, Planet Earth? You watch, like, the nature footage to check out your 4K TV? This was the killer app for HDTV. <laughs> and, like, I feel like time has only been kinder to Speed Racer. Like, certainly within, like, the last year, I've seen a lot more positive takes for, like, the 10th anniversary. People are really talking about the movie again. And, like, you know, it's, like, an underrated classic. Maybe that's not quite the right phrase, but, like, you know, certainly, like... It's a hidden gem. Yeah, it was misunderstood at the time. Seems to be, like, the general take. Right. People thought that a movie should have to be good to be, like, <laughs> hey, watched. Hey, 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 hey! Hey, stop that. I mean, think about it. People, when It's a Wonderful Life came out, hated that movie. <laughs> and just like that, Speed Racer will be known as Decades from Now as one of the cinema classics. 
Ugh. Yeah, so, like, I've never been, like, a big speed racer guy. Like, I watched a bit of it as a kid, but it was never, like, my go-to thing. And, I, like, I also missed the movie because everyone I talked to was like, oh, it's bad. Yeah. So, like, I thought it'd be interesting to be able to, like, go into it with, like, you know, 2018 eyes and kind of, you know... <laughs> Try to make sense oh, of... Oh, you have 2018 this. eyes? Wow. Yeah, it's really something. But, um, you know, kind of see what Speed Racer was and now is. Because, like, I also feel like Speed Racer as a franchise is still, like, not, like, booming, but it's still there. Like, people still know about it. It's still, like, cognizant in the um, pop culture. Yeah, like, you could get a, a, a loot box, and they might have, like, a Hot Wheels version of the Mach 5 car. Like, that wouldn't be out of the question. Right. So, like, there's still some cultural relevance to it, and so I wanted to kind of explore that with this episode, where we look at this uh, blind sort of movie. <laughs> So, before we get into talking about the movie proper, I thought we'd do a little bit of background info on the original series, as well as background on the movie. Wait, there's a, an original series? Yeah, actually. I oh. not know about this, but Speed Racer was originally a cartoon. Specifically, an anime. Oh, oh, I thought it was a talkie show. Wait, an anime? That's like um, that's like the, the books that you read backwards, right? Yeah, it's just like that. Wow. It's like I'm talking to my parents. Except your parents know who Speed Racer is. <laughs> right. Absolutely. No, you're right. So, Speed Racer, originally titled Mach Gogogo in Japan for a number of reasons, mostly pun-based. It was authored by Tatsuo Yoshida, who is the founder of the anime, uh, the anime production studio Tatsunoko, who would also author Pioneer series for that studio, including Space Ace, not the one you're thinking of, Time Bokon, and Gotcha Man. And Speed Racer, or Mach Gogogo, was originally inspired by his previous automobile racing comics called Pilot Ace. Speed Racer's, or <laughs> Mach Gogogo specifically, the, the idea came from um, Yoshida watching two popular Western films. Uh, first was Viva Las Vegas, which uh, right. Elvis Presley's looks and attires from the movie helped inspire the main character, Go Mifune. Then he watched Leaving Las Vegas. <laughs> he was like, wow. Nicolas Cage does it again. Mm -hmm. And then he watched Viva Rock Vegas, and he's like, wow, those Flintstones are crazy. Um, and then from uh, Goldfinger, James Bond's, like, cool a Aston Martin car ended up inspiring the gadget-filled Mahago. Also, it, and it wound up inspiring the Ska soundtrack. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that car barely does anything in that movie, which owns hell, James Bond barely does anything in that movie. He just harasses <laughs> some rich fat guy. For, like, 60 minutes of it, it's great. Well, that's why Yoshida was able to take the idea and really expand upon it with the Mahago. Well, there there was that one part in Goldfinger where James Bond is like, you expect me to talk? And he's like, no, Mr. Bond, I expect you to drive. <laughs> and then he had to race against the... <laughs> yeah, then a race car, like, goes into his ball slowly. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just like one of those pullback toys. Right. <laughs> the Hot Wheels does a loop-de-loop straight into James Bond's testicles. 
It's like, James Bond's like, ah, if you had read my previous adventures, you'd know that I can't feel anything down there. (laughs) (laughs) And he just winks to the camera and says, read Casino Royale. The movie won't come out for a while. (laughs) But yeah, so Mach Gogogo was originally published as a manga in Shonen Book, the predecessor to Weekly Shonen Jump, in 1966. Wow. And would continue publication until 1968. But an anime adaptation began syndication in the spring of 1967 under Tatsunoko Productions. And this was their second television anime ever. And like, it kind of shows, but also it just kind of shows because it's the 60s. It's a very... It ended up becoming more popular than the manga for being able to capture sort of the fast action that is implied in the manga. And that mostly comes from just the animation feeling like it's way faster than it has any right to be. Mm-hmm. Right. And also the characters talking like a thousand times faster than they should. Yeah. So English broadcast rights were purchased by Translux and episodes of Speed Racer, the localized version of Mach Gogogo, began airing in the fall of 1967. So things that got changed were like the names. So no longer is his name Go Mifune, it's Speed Racer. The Mahago is now the Mach 5, things like that. Okay, can I just say that it sucks that in the Japanese version, his name isn't Mach Go-Go-Go? <laughs> so then there are also a very heavy rewrites and edits by the language, <laughs> English language director, producer, and writer Peter Fernandez, who would also go on to write and perform the theme song and voice Speed Racer and Racer X and like half of the male cast in the <laughs> series. Yeah. God, that's so cool. Get you a man that can do it all. There's like three <laughs> voice actors in the cast. It's gently kind of nuts. Yeah, if, like, can I just say how weird, like, weirdly menacing the Speed Racer theme song is? Like, he's a demon and he's gotta be chasing after someone. It's like, <laughs> part of the song is like from the perspective of somebody telling you that Speed Racer wants to kill you. Right, he's a menace. Like, yeah. Well, he's 18 years old, so of course he's a menace. Right. Yeah, and he drives a he drives a race car on just normal streets. So, in part because like one person was in charge of this entire production for Speed Racer and needing to match the original lip movements and still fit in the surprisingly complicated plots of each episode, Speed Racer as a series has become kind of mimetic and famous for its fast dialogue. Everyone speaks about twice as fast as you'd expect. Mm-hmm. But I think the best part about it is that it's always in fits and starts. Like, there are always, like, long pauses and then just very fast dialogue. Yeah. And then Speed Racer has ultimately become equally popular as, like, its own franchise. Like, no one in the West is like, oh, that's a mock go-go-go thing. It's like Speed Racer. So, like, it's become its own entity in a way, in localization, in a way that, like, not a ton of franchises do anymore, for sure. Um, I guess, like, a little bit like Transformers, how that, like, sort of became, like, an Americanized thing whenever whenever it did come to the States. I didn't even know Transformers was originally, like, a Japanese thing. Mm-hmm. So, like, the toys were Japanese, and then when they brought the toys over, they made an American cartoon. Ah. So, yeah, it's, it's just a very, it's a very interesting thing, because... Makagogogo and Speed Racer have both had sort of this lasting appeal in terms of, like, media, where it's seen multiple attempts, at least, at modernization. 
In America, we had like the new adventures of Speed Racer in 1993. In Japan, they did Speed Racer X in 1997, which also partially got brought over to America. There was this American and Indian American like collab on Speed Racer The Next Generation and then um, Speed Racer Race to the Future, which are like, they came out in like 2008 and 2013. So since its initial release, like Speed Racer has consistently been back on the air, either in reruns or these like new modernizations of the story. I don't get why every Speed Racer thing is like, oh, we have to put Speed Racer into the future. Like, I don't I don't get why that's always the thing. It's like, oh, well, he has to go to the future and fight aliens. Yeah, like, like, of course. Here's the suggestion for you. Speed Racer meets the Flintstones. <laughs> How can Speed Racer <laughs> outrace his opponent in Bedrock City? Okay, it's the Mach 5, <laughs> but it's powered by feet. <laughs> oh my god. So Spritel and Chim Chim have to like run uh, in the trunk to help get it faster than other cars. Oh my god. But Speed Racer has also seen like stage plays like in 1994, which I think came to America. It's also seen additional comics and there was even like a New York Post daily comic strip for it in 2000. Right, but it was a political cartoon. So like the Mach 5 (laughs) was always labeled like uh, communism and... Speed Racer was labeled, like, bees or something. I was able to find one page from one of the Mort Todd strips from the New York Post, and it's like, Speed Racer finds himself, like, in the Jurassic area, right as a volcano's erupting. <laughs> he meets the Flintstones! <laughs> and he has to use dinosaurs to get out of it and save the Mach 5. Oh, wait, and there's, like, a Tyrannosaurus X instead of Racer X, right? <laughs> oh my god. God, that would be cool. But it's just, Speed Racer has had this sort of, like, cultural relevance well after the 60s that's, like, kind of fascinating in a way that, like, I mean, like, Transformers has, but, like, there aren't a ton of franchises that have really lasted in the same way that has. Like, I think, like, the really interesting thing about Speed Racer is that there's never been, like, like, this has got to sound mean, but there's never been a good Speed Racer. (laughs) Like, it's just always kind of been there. And, like, there are, like, certainly enjoyable aspects of Speed Racer, but, like, I feel like even with, like, anime series that have been around, like, since the dawn of time, like, there's always been, like, oh, well, this is the really good Astro Boy, or this is the really good Devil Man. Like, somebody's always taken, like, a classic thing like that and made something, like, really good with it. And Speed Racer's just never really had that for him. Right, like... Speed Racer X, the the Japanese reboot, like, got cancelled partway into its airing, and then in English, it also got cursed where, like, the dub and localization was not going through the, like, Speed Racer organization or whatever the, like, Speed Racer media mogul is in America, so it got cancelled, like, five episodes in or something. It's, like, weird how much, like, it seems like Speed Racer is cursed past its 60s series. Like, this all could have been solved if Speed Racer was playable in Tatsunoko versus Capcom. Like, honestly, I feel like that could work plenty. Like, Speed Racer fights a lot with his fists. Like, you think, like, oh no, he's got, like, the car with jacks on it, but no, like, he just throws down, like, half the time. And they could, and, like, you could make, like, you know, uh... Like, he's got, like, he's, like, a summoner character where, like, oh, he's got a move where, like, Chim Chim throws a wrench or his dad, like, puts somebody in a suplex. 
Right, and one of the assists is like the car hater comes in and just whips the opponent a hundred times for no damage. Also, like, he's got a super where he just drives a car into his opponent. <laughs> and then maybe says something racist, like, it kind of depends. Like, it was the 60s, it was a different time. So then, we have the movie, which... In, a ver- in like a now classic move by Warner Bros, an American film adaptation of Speed Racer has been in the works since 1992. And it's just gone through directors, producers, script writers, stars, like for 14 years, they could not figure out what they wanted from a Speed Racer movie. I don't think that there is a movie I want to see more, more than like a 1995 Speed Racer movie. <laughs> Right, before they could get, like, all the effects and stuff where it would have to be maybe a little more practical. Like, they'd figure out how to do, like, the Mach 5 jump with the practical effects. Yeah, it's just, like, I don't know. It's, like, the Adams Family movie, but Speed Racer, and there's a Speed Racer rap. <laughs> oh, my God. So, finally, in 2006, the Wachowskis, famous at that point for the Matrix trilogy of movies, along with the producer they had for the Matrix, Joel Silver decided to come to Warner Bros. with this different idea for Speed Racer. You think uh, the Wachowskis would be good at dodging this bullet? I guess not. (laughs) So they collaborated together and they're like, we're going to make this Speed Racer movie a family film. So the focus for the Wachowskis is mass appeal, you know, making something for everyone. There is certainly a lot of different things in this movie. I'll agree with that. So, filming was done throughout 2007 in Germany, entirely on green screen, and the Wachowskis, this was the first time they were able to use, like, HD cameras. So, they had this, like, layering method that would allow the foreground and background to always be in focus in every shot, trying to emulate that, like, drawn look of anime. That doesn't seem like a hard thing to do in, if you're using a green screen. But it's something certainly that like people hadn't done before. This is not an effect you see in movies. Right. Some might wonder why you don't see it in movies. <laughs> I think that there's a pretty <laughs> well, good we'll answer. we'll talk about it. And so, the movie ended up releasing on May 9th in 2008. The score was done by Michael Giacchino, I believe it's pronounced who is sort of like the big-name Pixar composer uh, around, like, 2004 into today. And the sound effects and theme song rights for Speed Racer were bought, and so, like, you get very classic sound effects throughout the movie. The film stars Emile Hirsch as Speed Racer, Christina Ricci as Trixie, Matthew Fox as Racer X, Susan Sarandon as Mom Racer, and John Goodman as Pops Racer, which is sort of like, I guess, the big pull for this yeah, one. Yeah, uh, you missed uh, the tentpole actor, uh, Polly Litt as Spritel. <laughs> oh, you're right. And the Tim Curry impersonator they got for the main villain. <laughs> so, as far as the shape of this movie goes, some other possible speed racers that were considered for casting included Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Mm-hmm. Shia LaBeouf, and Zac Efron. And John Goodman. Huh, interesting. 
He's gonna play both roles. Like father, like son. You know, it's like, uh, Michael Myers and Austin Powers. Right. Aw, man, what if they had gotten Michael Myers to play him? (laughs) My crazy (laughs) ex-brother. And then as a holdover from one of the previous versions of Speed Racer, Henry Rollins was considered for the role of Racer X initially, which seems like, I don't know, it seems kind of like the perfect role for him. <laughs> like having seen Racer X in the original anime, it's the same sort of square jaw sort of look and like attitude. And also Rollins sounds like what attire does. Yeah, but you know what? <laughs> Metu Fox half the time does a perfect Racer X impression. It's great. Because he just sounds like a really stern dad all the time. <laughs> <laughs> then Peter Fernandez and Corrine Orr, who were the original English VAs for Speed and Trixie, appear in the film as announcers as sort of like, uh, oh. you know, like a callback sort of thing. Like, it's, it's a cute sort of fan service that you wouldn't just catch. So it's nice that it's there. And I think this is like the last thing that Peter Fernandez did before he died. So it's nice that he gets to like return to this role that's like had so much timelessness attached to it in a way Mm -hmm. and so for this movie there was a line of hot wheels released uh, a lego set a racing game for like the wii and ps2 era all developed to support the release of this movie and despite the interest in a sequel from the cast and directors and the way they talked about it at the end of filming the movie was a box office bomb only making $93 $93 million in contrast to its $120 million budget before advertising costs. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, like, it's weird because, like, the only actor who wasn't really, like, happy with the movie was John Goodman because people had to scream at him so the monkey would like him. <laughs> and at the time, it received generally negative reviews focusing on uh, the storyline, the characters, the dialogue. The special effects. You know, all the movie stuff. (laughs) But amongst that, there was praise for its ability to entertain, quote, the target audience. (laughs) Wait, it's a family movie, so that means it entertains everybody. And also a positive uh, feedback for the cast's performance. So the characters are bad, but they really play the characters well. (laughs) And yeah, since its release, like we said before... I feel like more vocal fans have come out and like there have been a lot more articles written about sort of like Speed Racer the movie as this sort of like... It's a sleeper hit. Yeah, the sleeper hit, this like this movie that's really ahead of its time is a specific like phrase I saw a lot. It is ahead of its time because they somehow filmed it in like 16K. (laughs) It is the it has the most resolution of I think any movie I've seen. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this is the kind of movie where, like, you have to put your TV into, like, toast mode or whatever to, like, just make it vertical, and that's how you watch the movie. (laughs) Honestly, I kind of feel a huge part of it, like, being not as much of a success is because I feel around the time, like, irony in our generation wasn't really in, and, like, (laughs) most people who weren't, like, born with Speed Racer weren't gonna give a fuck about Speed Racer, like, until they were old enough to see how great it truly was as a tune. (laughs) Well, with that in mind, let's get right into the movie.
smash cut to speed racer speed racing um or is it him as a kid uh smash cut to opening credits so the start of this movie is a really long setup for like just setting up the world of speed racer so within the racer family we have speed who is an 18 year old uh, race car driver and like a pretty well known one for that we have his parents who run the Racer Motors independent business, uh, Pops Racer and Mom Racer. Canonical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has his uh, younger brother, Spritel, and his pet monkey, Chim Chim, who work on the car as well. Uh, they don't really work on the car. They they hang out in the car, certainly. They exist inside the car. And then there's the mechanic for the family, Sparky, and his girlfriend, Trix- or and Speed Racer's girlfriend, Trixie. Sparky doesn't have a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah no. I want you to, uh, like, picture in your hat, like, a 40-year-old Jughead, and that's Sparky <laughs> in this movie. A 40-year-old uh, Jughead who's also Irish. Or Scottish. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I mean, it's Australian. It's kind of a heavy accent. He's got a heavy accent, and he looks like a hobo. So, Speed Racer has always loved racing, mostly in part to his older brother, Rex Racer, who was a record-setting race car driver who was killed in a race called the Casa Cristo 5000, aka The Crucible, <laughs> which is this noted, deadly, and dangerous cross-country racing rally. So, in sort of chasing after his brother's legacy, Speed Racer has become sort of, like, the next big racer, right? Like, people are really talking about him and mostly comparing him to his brother. Especially since, at the end of his career, Rex had sort of gotten this notoriety for being sort of a dangerous racer, for, you know, really trying to, um, known for getting really aggressive on the racetrack in a way that was, like, unbecoming. And none of them ever once noticed that his name is Speed Racer and he races cars for a living. Look, you name the kid for the job you want them to get. Like, if this movie had been made in 2018, like, there would just be a shot filled with nothing but lampshades, honestly. Yeah, I was about to say, they would be hanging a lampshade every fucking cut. (laughs) If this was made today, we're like, oh yeah, he's Speed Racer. (laughs) Like, (laughs) (laughs) but so, um, Speed Racer, through his nearly record-setting racing, ends up catching the interest of one E.P. Arnold Royalton, who is the owner of this, like, conglomerate business called Royalton Industries, and, as we stated before, is just a Tim Curry impersonator. Yeah, and he owns, he's, like, uh, the best part of this movie. I don't know, Spritel's there. Oh, God, there's so many good parts to this movie. Mm-hmm. So, Royalton has, like, the look and, like, half the accent down. Like, he must be, like, Tim Curry's, like, hairdresser or something, so, like, he get, spends a lot of time with him, but he he's not perfect. Yeah. So, Royalton decides what he's gonna do, first of all, is show up to the racer household and just, like, ruin their breakfast by eating all of it. Oh, yeah, he eats, like, a stack of pancakes, and it's one of the most disgusting things I've seen in (laughs) a movie. Yeah, he just shoves waffles into his mouth. It's great. (laughs) 
And his idea is he wants to sign Speed with his company to race for Royalton Industries and buy out Racer Motors and sort of like make them like a collaboration sort of thing, like Royalton, you know, like uh, Racer Royalton Industries or something like that. Like, you know, make it something of a joint deal. Mm -hmm. And he invites Speed over to his, his company where like a bunch of other very popular racers are living. They're living a very lavish lifestyle. And he offers that all to Speed in, you know, in exchange for signing to race with him. And in talking to his family and his girlfriend, Speed realizes, like, oh, you know, Dad doesn't really like these big corporations, you know, these, these like, big conglomerates. So he's going to decline. Yeah, it's like capitalism is what's ruining racing. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's actually what just happens right here. So he's like, I'm not going to do that. I race for me. You know, I do everything I can. And when he says this, Royalton gets, like, super pissed and starts going on this tirade about how <laughs> capitalism has basically fixed all of the races for, like, decades at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, Speed Racer, your favorite racer who is in a race and he won? That was capitalism that did that. Uh, he was on the take. Yeah, when talking to Royalton, Speed talks about, like, oh, there's this one race that my father loved to watch over and over, and I did it too, and, you know, we really bonded over this appreciation for the, you know, for racing and this really close match, and Royalton's like, yeah, that was fixed. That was rigged the whole time. We basically paid them to have this rivalry and set this up so that these specific companies would get more pay for their parts and everything, and you know, these cars would make a profit and stuff like that. It's like, it's so, everything is so calculated for years and years on these very specific key races. And when Speed learns this, he's like, you know, my dad was right. Corporations are the worst and like leaves. And Royalton sort of threatens that Speed was never going to be able to race again. He, uh, he really takes up this idea because he ends up having drivers for his company basically force Speed to crash in, like, a huge, like, high-profile race, and then also sues Racer, Mo uh, Racer Motors for intellectual property infringement. <laughs> but uh, for the crashing, it's okay. Every time anybody crashes, they get sucked into a giant ball with us, like, just covered in, like, bubble wrap, basically. Like, it's the most, like, okay, well, we can't have them parachute out of the car. Well, what do we do? Yeah, it's this great future tech thing where it's, like, kind of an airbag, but you're inside the airbag. And so, he also talks about, like, oh, the intellectual property infringement thing is, like, bullshit, but it's going to ruin racer motors because the idea is out there, right? The, the, the trustworthiness of this, like, mom and pop shop is no longer uh, valid, so... You mean a mom-and-pop shop. Thank you. And just tries to run them into the ground. And at the same time, this is where we meet Racer X, who is this new racer who appeared shortly after the death of Rex Racer, and, like, his whole thing is that he plays fucking dirty on the, on the racetrack. He's crashing into people, he's forcing crashes, He's doing all kinds of dangerous, crazy stuff, and no one knows who he is because he wears a mask with, like, an X on it. I mean, it's the perfect cover. 
Yeah, he just looks like Michael Phelps the whole time. <laughs> he looks like Cyclops from the X-Men movies. Yeah, he has a condom on his head just like Cyclops from the X-Men movies. And something, uh, going back to Rex Racer for a minute, one of the things that they talk about is, like, he used to be a really good racer until, like, the the very end of his career where he started driving dirty, which ultimately led to him crashing and dying. So, you know, just, you know, keep that in mind. Put a pin in that. Mm-hmm. So, after all this, it nothing's looking good for the racer family. They're trying to figure out how they're going to get through. And who shows up at Speed Racer's door but Inspector Detector? <laughs> who is the head of, like, some fake intelligence agency. I think it's, like, the BIA, and they just never say what it stands for. It's, like, FBI for cars or whatever. <laughs> right. Is the actor also trying to do a French accent in that movie? I, maybe? I think he's trying to, but I couldn't figure it out in any way what the fuck he was going for. <laughs> he's trying something, for sure. And so, this guy who works for, like, the corporate crimes division is working with a racer named uh, Tejo Togokan. He's like a K-pop star? Yeah, he's. I think he is actually a K-pop star playing a racer here. And he is the, the son of another big like company head who's being targeted by Royalton. And he supposedly has evidence that would like prove Royalton's meddling in all these big profile races for, you know, for personal gain that would like, you know, send him to prison forever. But he's only going to offer up this information if Speed and Racer X agree to like team up with him in a race on the Casa Cristo 5000, which is the race that killed Rex Racer. Right. Because the the idea is to by winning this race raise the stock price of his own family's racing business, stopping the buyout from Royalton. And we saw Tejo earlier in this movie because he's like, there's this scene where he's at odds with like this mafia hired by Royalton who are mad at Tejo for not fixing a particular race. It's a, this crazy sort of like interaction between the two of them where they're like on a truck having this whole like threatening situation where they're like, it's like, Tejo, I'm going to throw you in this tank of piranhas. These comical piranhas that just eat any meat that they see. And Racer X, like, knocks them off the road and almost kills all of them. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But once we get to the, the cannonball run, as it will, uh-huh. the, the movie starts, like, officially, basically, an hour in. And then it's like, oh, this is, this is a movie. Yeah, this is like an hour of setup to get to what feels like the movie, right? Like, there hasn't been a lot of racing before. There's just kind of, like, racing to... To show that th- this show, this movie is in fact about racing. So Speed agrees and sort of like doesn't tell his family, but they find out anyways and follow him along. But um, this is where Speed gets sort of like the Mach 5 as you know it. Like originally the Mach 5 is just like a car that looks like the car from the anime. Mm-hmm. But this is where he gets all the modifications like, oh, this is, how, this is the buzzsaw attachment. And this is the jumping jacks and yeah, things like that. And he gets all these gadgets most of which he doesn't use throughout the movie. Like, it's really just the jumping things. He really doesn't use them a lot in the anime, though, either. Like, I don't know. He goes underwater a lot. 
he needs that oxygen tank like power up a lot. Okay, but like you, if you're gonna set up all this stuff, like you've got Chekhov's like homing bird or whatever, just <laughs> let him use it once. He like uses most of them once. It's just like none of them are like very cool. Like it's like oh, here's the bulletproof glass that stops you from getting shot with a real gun during a race. Like, I don't know why he doesn't just always have that on, honestly. So, the Casa Cristo 5000 takes place in th- in three runs, basically. And this is where we also, like, this would just be the race if it were any other movie, because they're introducing new teams. Like, there's the team of, like, Vikings. There's the team of, like, Austin Powers-style femme fatale spies. There's, like, the team that's basically run by, like, I, I don't know, like, Nick Cage. <laughs> like, one of his, like, crazier characters and then there are the rivals for the race who is like a guy who just wears an entire snakeskin racing oh, yeah that's what i'm talking about like that guy's just like nick oh. cage you know want to know what that guy's called oh right his name his name is snake, um, snake oiler, oiler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's like a real character from the anime like a recurring enemy oh my god god he, that's oh it's so good like there was uh. another recurring enemy before him was called skulldogger but i'm pretty sure he died Oh my god. R.I.P. Skulldugger. <laughs> so it's it's a long race, and it's basically just, like, a lot of chance for cool action things in cars, which is, like, you know, the speed racer thing. But in between, we also have, like, moments of, like, cool guy normal stuff. Like, there's the time where Tejo gets attacked by ninjas, and <laughs> Racer X, like, dispatches two ninjas. I mean, he does that in the show, too. There's, like, a two-parter based around, like, a league of ninjas just trying to kill, like, all the world's presidents. And Speed Racer and Racer X have to try and stop them from blowing the UN up. Oh my god, that rules. <laughs> but yeah, then there's the fight with the Racer family where a ninja comes in to attack Speed. And, like, all of them get a move, but especially Pops, who, returning from the anime, has the backstory that he's a professional wrestler. Or was a professional wrestler. And so that happens, and then there's also a part where, I think, partway through the final race, the the team of Tejo, Racer X, and Speed all, like, stop at one point and get accosted by the the mafia group for Royalton that were trying to feed Tejo to uh, Piranhas earlier. And there's just this huge action scene where literally everyone in the Racer group and Tejo and Racer X all like have the cool action moment where they fight someone, and Sparky's Including just there. Including Chim Chim and Spartle. <laughs> yeah, Spritle and Chim Chim get a thing where like Spritle like is able to knock a guy over, and Chim Chim throws poop at one of them, and Sparky's just there. Sparky like cowers in fear the whole time and doesn't get to do anything. It's like yeah, like Sparky like tries to punch somebody, and then they just put a gun against his head, and he immediately surrenders. <laughs> Like, Sparky gets, like, the shortest stick in this entire situation. Like, he never does anything cool. (laughs) He never, like, gets to do anything in this movie, but, like, be, like, comedy relief. (laughs) Like, he's the mechanic, and so, like, you'd think, like, oh, he's gonna, like, fix the car or something. But no, like, Speed's just like, actually, I know a lot about my car, so I don't really need this. Yeah, even Trixie shows up and, like, is pretending to be Racer X in this whole situation, and she gets to, like, fight and do cool stuff, like, 
That's kind of the coolest part of the movie is they make Trixie like a real character. Like she can race, she can drive a helicopter, she can fight. It's awesome. Yeah. She's powerful. I love Trixie, I guess. And this mafia group is run by someone named Cruncher Block, which is awesome. I, I don't remember that, but okay. He just exists to fix all of these races. I'm like hopefully sure that's also yet another original Speed Racer anime film. God, thank God. I think Cruncher Block is like the mammoth tank, like, episode villain. Mm-hmm. So do you think if they had actually gone through and made Speed Racer 2, Car Hater would have been a big character? <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> please. Honestly, I would have been happy if the Car Hater showed up in the middle of the Casa Cristo and, like, tried to take down Snake Oiler but got shot with a gun. <laughs> like, he's just, like, brandishing a whip in the middle of the desert, just, like, going <laughs> hog-wild. Right. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> and he's on a horse still. So, ultimately, that the team ends up winning the race, and it kind of goes bad after that point. Tejo, it turns out that he was lying the whole time. This whole thing was just a, an excuse to get the value of his family's company up. So they wouldn't get bought out. He didn't actually have any beef on Royalton. And Speed spends the whole time thinking that maybe, just from the way he races and the way that they interact, Racer X might be his um, long-lost brother, Rex Racer. But when the two meet on the racetrack and sort of have this heart-to-heart about this whole thing, Racer X pulls off his mask and it's not the face of Rex Racer. It's someone else. Well, you might be fooled into thinking it is, because they're both very generic white men. But they do tell you specifically, you're not Rex Racer. Like, that's right. just Right, it's said. like the movie had to put subtitles under its own characters. Right. Translator note, this is not Rex Racer. So, at this point, um, Speed returns home, sort of dejected about both of these situations, but uh, Tejo's sister shows up, and says that, like, Tejo has rejected the invitation to the Grand Prix that came with the uh, Casa Cristo and hands it over to Speed Racer, and officially this is allowed because he was part of the team, so he can join in the Grand Prix, sort of the biggest, most fixed race, you know, of the circuit. And so, over the course of, like, a day, the Racer family, like, reinvigorated, bands together, and builds the Mach 6, which is, like, the new car, and it's got all the- it's got all the cool stuff, it's got, like, this brand new crazy engine or something. Right, uh, like, I think they have to rebuild it because, like, the- the Mach 5, like- oh, right, it gets destroyed in, like, a very, like, weak, um, wreck, like, that doesn't seem like it would have destroyed it, like, just, like, uh, the speed's just, like, on the practice track, and, like, he kind of spins out a little bit, and, like, spinning out is, like, what these cars do. Like, it's kind of, like, seems like it's built into the design almost, but I guess. Yeah, so they build a new one, and... So, uh, can I oh. just say, like, I remember when this movie came out, one of my sister's big complaints with how it wasn't faithful to the original <laughs> is that they had a Mach 6. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. I mean, I get it, but... <laughs> <laughs> so, um, in the Grand Prix, uh, Royalton has placed this million-dollar bounty on Speed Racer's head for every other driver. It's just whoever, you know, knocks him out of the race, whoever kills him, gets the million dollars. And at this time, we're sort of, like, introduced to Speed's, like, other biggest... The person he looks up to most besides Rex Racer, who is 
this like Hall of Fame driver, Jack Cannonball Taylor. Yeah, he was part of like the uh, original race Royalton was talking about being fixed. No, he wasn't. No, that was a different guy. Oh. Do you just see Jack Cannonball Taylor at the beginning of the movie where he's like, I don't know, like drinking champagne inside Royalton or whatever? And he's like, Speed Racer's like, that guy's fast. And he's like, oh, okay. So he's like the, the Royalton racer. He's Chekhov's racer. Right. And so he comes back and mostly this race, first of all, is a nightmare of, of just like flashing lights. Yeah, it owns. But second of all, ends up being a race between Speed and Taylor, where Taylor has been set up with a cheating device called a spear hook, which shoots out of the bottom of his car and attaches onto the bottom of the Mach 6. Like, it just sort of, like, attaches you to your opponent's car, which doesn't seem helpful, honestly. Well, the, the whole point is that he's trying to, like, get Speed Racer to crash into these weird bars that they have shooting out of the ground on all these racetracks, like... Right, but couldn't Speed Racer just get him to crash into it? Like... Well, that it depends on the power of the car, but because he has the Mach 6, what happens is the Speed Racer uses the jump jacks to expose that there's a spear hook there, which disqualifies Taylor and also, like, like shoots him off of the car somehow, like... <laughs> the spear hook just fucking, like, destroys itself and cannonball crashes speed racer ultimately wins the race exposing royalton's crimes and kind of getting him arrested and he he does like the pose that speed racer does from the opening of the anime like the sort of like thumbs up kind of thing coming out of the car like the weird like like it looks like somebody took like a picture of a person right about to trip (laughs) yeah that's the one and so everyone's happy Racer X shows up to watch the race, and we're revealed in a flashback montage that it is, in fact, his long-lost brother, Rex Racer, who faked his death and underwent plastic surgery to change his appearance in order to protect speed and the sport of racing. Because, like, one of the through points here is, like, people know that there's sort of, like, this fixing of races going on, and it's, like, it's ruining the sport of racing, and so real racers... Like, Rex and, like, Speed are saving the sport. Mm-hmm. And then you get a cool remix of the Speed Racer theme song, and, uh, you go home. Yeah! Uh, Speed and Trixie kiss, and there's, like, <laughs> this is an extremely, like, family film moment, where, uh, Trixie and Speed go to kiss, and Spritel and Chim Chim show up <laughs> and it's like, Warning! This is sort gonna get real icky. <laughs> like... Uh, be sure you have your cootie shots and, like, Chim Chim's, like, covering his eyes and shaking his head. Yeah, it's, like, the one thing you can get a monkey to do. (laughs) (laughs) He's holding a gun ready to commit suicide about these cooties. (laughs) Look, he knows it's a very serious business. Mm Mm-hmm. And that's, like, the movie. Like, a lot of it is caught up in the details, and so, like, talking it down, it doesn't sound like it's a a two-hour-long movie. Or a two and a half hour long movie, but it really is. It is the most 135 minutes I've ever sat through. Hell, it's the fastest for me. I love that movie. It's the fastest and the furious. <laughs> hey, 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 come on. Wrong series, please get it right. God, but what if every one of the 18 Fast and the Furious movies was shot like Speed Racer? Oh my god, that would be so good. <laughs> 
So, in talking about this movie and how it relates to its source material, I want to start out with what defines Speed Racer. When you think Speed Racer as a franchise, what are the things that you feel are, like, important to the core of the experience? Um, okay, well, I think that uh, the gadgets, like, specifically the jumping car, pretty big thing. Right. Then, like, I don't know, like, like, you have to have a main character who looks like, like a guy who's at a party and talks about his father's yacht. <laughs> I think that's a pretty big part. Yeah, the, the like, the, the neckerchief he's got definitely gives off this sort of, like, little classier vibe. Like, loafers with, like, uh, like, hiked-up pants that show his cool red socks. Like, definitely, like, it's a look, definitely. <laughs> I feel what defines Speed Racer as a franchise is to really be Speed Racer. I need to feel like I'm watching a series, like, made by a lunatic and starring <laughs> lunatics. Yeah. So I watched, like, five or six episodes of Speed Racer, kind of, like, Refamiliarize myself with what the TV show actually is. It it has this real like high energy sort of experience to it, where like it it almost feels a little unreal, right? Like that it's happening. Yeah, like very unhinged. Yeah, yeah. But, but from the plots to the performances, everything feels like a it needs to be seen to be believed sort of viewing experience because the episode synopses sound like parodies of themselves. Like it feels like Hanna-Barbera with like no limitations except for the animation budget. (laughs) And it's one of those things where like racing isn't always even a big part of it. It's just that speed racer does things with his car. So like the car is very defining the racing. Not so much. A lot of people die in Speed Racer. Like, it's kind of weird how many people just fucking die. Right. They're not, yeah, they're not, like, fucking around. Like, you know, they're not pulling any punches with this kind of thing. Especially not Pops. Like, you see him wrestle, he goes all out. Oh my god, he wrestles. Oh, it's incredible. And yeah, just like, in the car heater where they cut the entire city's brakes, they, they talk about how... Tons of people just died. <laughs> and like in um, the fastest car on Earth, you see people literally die <laughs> in car crashes because it's going too fast. Like it is like 100% propelled by energy and like action, right? Like there's there's no downtime, I think is the big thing that I feel like defines a Speed Racer episode. <laughs> So, like, the, like, what's really weird for me, like, watching Speed Racer is, like, knowing that, like, Scooby-Doo came out, like, two years later, and it just looks, so, like, so many leaps and bounds at, ahead of this show. Like, at Scooby-Doo, you'll see people walking around sometimes. Hell, sometimes they have five people walking at the same time. They're crazy like that. And they definitely, like, take advantage of animation loops, but, like, man, Speed Racer... <laughs> Wasn't Japan also in the 60s a very poor country, though? Mm, Probably. I feel like that was the case, yeah. But, like, what Speed Racer reminds me of is of, like, the 1960s Fantastic Four cartoon the most, honestly. (laughs) Which is probably why you like it so much, Future Friend. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God, there should have been a Speed Racer episode where he meets Magneto. (laughs) Oh my god. (laughs) 
And has to race him. But, like, Magneto's just, like, normal. He doesn't have a car. Oh. <laughs> well, yeah, he doesn't have a car in that Fantastic Four series either. It's the Magneto-mobile. <laughs> And so, like, with all this in mind, like, what defines Speed Racer for us, does it feel like the movie act captures this idea of what Speed Racer is? I feel at times it's a little bit too self-aware. Okay. And I, and I definitely feel like if you were able to, like, cut out a lot of the, the front-loaded sort of, like, introduction to the world the movie of Speed Racer would be snappy enough to feel like a a very long episode because when it finally starts going, Speed Racer fucking goes. (laughs) From the Casa Cristo to the end, I feel like it's just like race, action scene, race, action scene, final race. Like, they they did all the story part in the front half when you're going to fall asleep, and by the time you wake up, it's going to be nothing but just like over, you know, like overstimulation to all the senses. <sighs> so, like, I think that I get the complaints that people have that this is not Speed Racer the anime, right? Like, setting it in sort of this like Neo 2000s kind of place, because it's not far into the future that the way that they talk about these things, but like, it's certainly, like, a very different 2008, where where it's sort of, like, all all neon and sort of, like, future tech. It basically looks like the Cat in the Hat movie, but on more acid? <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I, I see where the complaints are about that, but I feel like it fits Speed Racer in a way to have more options available to them. To put this into the future, to make it so that the racetracks aren't just, like, roads, they're, like, He's floating nightmares like a Mario Kart level. Like every racetrack in this in this movie is Rainbow Road. Every one of them. It really is, and I think that propels the Speed Racer feel more than if they really tried to keep it to just like regular automobile racing. And it definitely like makes sense why they did this as like a family film too. Is because like you want to have something to draw kids in because if you know they don't know what speed racer is it's got to be flashy it's got to be exciting and you maybe also pull in people who only sort of remember speed racer but don't like haven't seen speed racer in like you know 30 years it's like oh this is exactly as i remember it as a child unmanageable i mean that's speed racer (laughs) like i know they they hit the nail on the head i mean I also think, like, one thing that probably, like, kind of goes against the movie is that the original Speed Racer, like, series very much had kind of, like, a globetrotting feel to it that you don't necessarily get in this movie. Yeah, one cool thing about Speed Racer is that it is sort of... It has no location, right? Like, they're constantly moving across the world. This could... Outside of the ones where they directly say, oh, we're racing in Brazil or whatever, it feels like... Speed Racer could take anywhere. It's specifically an international sort of series. Yeah. Right. Uh, today we're racing in the Oriental Cup. Right. Or like the episode where Speed Racer is asked by the American government to go through a Native American like settlement. And he has to wear a cowboy hat. Yeah, like 
it has no sense of place, which makes it sort of this like perfect, like international sort of experience that like, yeah, I can definitely see that this speed racer takes place in fucking Candyland, So it loses a little bit of that. Yeah, like they go to a lot of different places around the world, but they all just feel like cartoons backgrounds really more than anything. Like it does feel like you're playing a video game and you're like, Oh, this is the beach level. This is the desert level. <laughs> yeah, I think the only part that actually made me feel like it was like in a different place was the desert's race. Yeah, mm. I think that 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 whole sequence and like from the desert to like the snow mountains, it's like, oh, yeah, this is taking place in a place. But also, yeah, you're right, Jay. It, it feels like it's half a video game <laughs> where it's just like, yeah, we got to check off these boxes of different like places that they can race. But like. In the Wachowski's own way, they do capture the energy, the excitement of Speed Racer. Oh yeah, I definitely feel it's a movie with a lot of fan service towards the original series. Like, it's a movie made with love, if nothing else. And we talked about fan service before with Ghost in the Shell, where that got in the way, because it kept going trying to be like, here are the specific scenes that worked in the original but feel out of place in the new one because of the changes they've made. Mm -hmm. Right, because you don't get to see her nipples like in the anime. Right. And here it's like, it's more about aesthetics, it's more about the presentation than it is about like trying to capture anything specifically about Speed Racer in any of the episodes, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it captures the look, I feel, pretty well, like, Racer X looks like Racer X, and it and it just feels like a very, you know, it like Speed Racer looks fine. Everyone else, like the the core cast, spot on. I mean, like they had to do something with Sparky, and I'm glad that they they introduced characters for him. I guess <laughs> right. They introduced characters in place of him, like Spritel. <laughs> God, Spritel is like the best part of this movie because he's like. A weird child actor that I assumed I had seen, like, in everything, but it turns out, like, I've never seen anything with this kid. He's just got a lot of charisma, and he kind of seems like he was, like, taught by, like, Paul Giamatti or something. Like, he's just, (laughs) he's just, like, an enigma for me. (laughs) Also, there's that one part in the Speed Racer movie where you see, like, anime through the eyes of this movie, which (laughs) is- Oh, you're right! Because Sprite- Oh, right, um, when Spritel and um, Chimp Chimp are watching anime, (laughs) and it's it's so weird. (laughs) So, the best part about that is that uh, Spritel is wearing pajamas with, like, monkey face on them, and the ape is wearing pajamas with human faces on them. (laughs) It's good. And I think that the Wachowskis are able to use the characters for more. Like, we t- I-, I talked about it previously. I think it's cool that they make Trixie a real character. Like, Speed mm-hmm. just talks to Trixie about things, and Trixie can race, and Trixie can fight. Like, you know, she-, she feels like an actual character, like a pillar to the relationship with Speed and the family. I think it's a little bit weird that she can race. Like, I- oh, I guess anybody can drive this super fast car. Okay. I mean, when you belong, when you effectively belong to the racer family, you're gonna fucking learn how to race. I guess that's true. Also, I love that Spritle and Chim Chim just, like, hang out in Speed's, like, trunk, like, in the anime. But Speed is, like, constantly doing, like, backflips and, like, like getting shot at with guns. And just, like, this seems dangerous for them. 
but yeah, it, it really takes, I think it really takes advantage of the characters except Sparky, but like, Sparky wasn't really a character in the original anyways, so I don't know how much is really lost. No, they, they did a good enough job where like Sparky's this weird, pathetic man who's like, <laughs> oh, wow, Speed, you uh, racing in this race is the best day of my life. Hey, I'm here I too. I have nothing going on. And yeah, John Goodman is Pop's racer. Mm, just, oh, uh, perfect. Because he gives off that same sort of like retired dude look that I feel like, a ri- you know, anime Pop's racer does. But still the idea that he could have been an ex-wrestler and could just murder you at any point. Right. And he's got like, he, he's got like the same sort of like gruff presence that Pops has. Right. He's like a, a, a very demanding father. So now we talk about Speed Racer the movie and whether or not it succeeds as, a, as at its goals, like ultimately. Of, like, being a movie, or... Well, okay, well, being a movie, but specifically, is it, like... I think it might be the most movie. Like... (laughs) Does it succeed as a family film? Like, do you think that it it captures the pitch that the Wachowskis gave, which is, we're making Speed Racer a family film? Like, I guess if Spy Kids was considered a family movie, like, sure? I actually was thinking about this a lot. It is probably the most Spy Kids movie not to be under that name. Like, not to be done by Robert Rodriguez. Honestly, I won't know because uh, I'm European, so my parents made me watch actual movies instead of kids' movies. (laughs) Oh, so you've only seen Machete? The (laughs) spin-off? Yeah. (laughs) My parents are huge grindhouse heads. It works as a good family movie in my case because, like all the other family movies I would have taken my parents to, they would have pretended to have fun or fallen asleep during it. So, like... I, you cannot fall asleep during this movie. I refuse to believe that. I think over the first hour, maybe. No, like, if you fall asleep during this movie, like, you'll have, like, f- fucking fever dreams. <laughs> like, there's... I don't know. I think there's just, like, an instinct within people that once they reach the age of 40, they can only not fall asleep to Oscar bait. No, even even my stepdad fell, to, fell asleep to movies he wanted to see, so I feel like... <laughs> no, I think my dad's, like, rating system for a movie is just how quickly he falls asleep, because he's gonna <laughs> fall asleep. Oh, yeah, 10 out of 10, I... Oh, before the credits stop. It's kind of like how um, I always watch that one guy on YouTube who makes, like, hour-long videos and talks about his, like, van or whatever, and it's just like, oh, thank God, I needed a nap today. <laughs> See, I, it is exactly a, like, 2000-style family movie, I feel like. It, it really captures that same, again, feeling like Spy Kids did, where once it starts moving, there is just... Nothing but action, nothing but, like, flashing lights to pay attention to in a way that is, like, it's, like, endlessly entertaining to kids and parents can find something to enjoy out of it. Like, Speed Racer might as well just take his keys out of the ignition and, like, jingle them in front of the camera. <laughs> For two and a half hours. And, you know, it. watching this as, like, a young adult, you know, you know, as, <laughs> as, as, a 20-something-year-old. It's very different because I'm, like, looking at it, like, both as a piece of popcorn entertainment and trying to parse it as, like, a film. As art, right. Right. 
And so, like, it sometimes feels like it's it's so hard to come at it from both angles because of just how fast the movie starts to get. Like, I feel like my brain doesn't, like, take in enough information for me to, like, fully understand this movie. This is a, this is a movie for children because they would be able to just perfectly understand everything going on. Like, do you think, like, watching this as a child would, like, warp your brain into becoming, like, a great artist? I think it would turn you into a race car driver, honestly. Oh, okay. That's why we saw that uptick in race car drivers. <laughs> right, in 2008? Yeah. Well, we wouldn't be seeing it until now, because they would have been too young. Right. But now they're just too busy doing, like, the Fortnite dance or whatever. Nah, they just want to fuck the cars now. <laughs> and, like, other than, like... A single swear that pops through where Speed Racer says, get that weak shit off my track, which is, like, really good. But again, that's also very Spy Kids, because they'd always have, like, the one swear or whatever, or at least the second movie did. It's, like, otherwise, like, wholly inoffensive. I remember watching Spy Kids 2 with, like, my parents, and they shit, and, like, they say shit once. I was like, oh god, I can never watch this movie again. This is it. <laughs> my life is over. I think if I took my parents to this... Actually, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if they would be more happy because it wasn't the pacing of a Pokemon movie, or would have been less happy because it's two hours long. Yeah. Not sure. Imagine if they had D-Box for this movie. <laughs> Like, the only time where D-Box turns, like, a full 360 degrees. And just, like, you can't even see the movie half the time. <laughs> I imagine if you saw this movie in, like, IMAX, it would be, like, every showing of it would be a 4D movie, because you're constantly smelling toast. <laughs> and so, like, the Roger Ebert style of film criticism is always, does it do what it sets out to do? And I feel like it it really does, right? It it is exactly what it wants to be, unabashedly, unashamed of what it is. It's a family film that consistently entertains, has a lot of kind of high-flying action and spectacle, and it, it works in a lot of ways as fan service without feeling so stuck on being fan service. It's the exact sort of thing I would have loved as a kid. And I looked up the Roger Ebert review of the Speed Racer movie. And uh, he was less than charitable about it, so maybe I'm wrong. But I think I think it succeeds, ultimately. Well, I mean, he wasn't perfect. He also said that the fourth Ice Age movie was the best in this franchise. Right, he also got swindled out of an entire set of Yu-Gi-Oh cards by some kid. Or no, Pokemon cards. He also once asked Twitter which video game console would render tits better. <laughs> Wait, what?! That didn't happen. Yeah, that's a thing. Nope, that's a thing. And then Cliff Blazinski was like, huh, it's interesting that Roger Ebert died before <laughs> he found out which... <laughs> so, uh, Roger Ebert was actually willing to give, like, video games as an art form a chance, but also Roger Ebert fucking loved tits, so he just asked which console could render tits better. And we all that know it was, was the, the Wii, PS3. Obviously. <laughs> he should have played Heavy Rain. <laughs> Ah, uh, no, he should have uh, played that Ninja Gaiden Sigma game where, like, you uh, you could use the six-axis to move the boobs. <laughs> Wait, what? Man, he was right. Video games aren't ours. Uh, he, would, he would think very differently if he got his hands on a DOA game. 
If only he had gotten to play Bioshock Infinite and see that sweet, sweet cleavage. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's definitely a film mostly directed towards children, though. We can definitely agree on that side. Like, everything about it. Yeah. I don't know. I... I haven't willingly spent time with a child in, like, five years now. I don't know what they're like. Uh, they like birthday cake ice cream. I feel like, especially with the focus on Spritel and Chim Chim as, like, the comic relief, like, they have a way bigger role than I feel like any of them did in an episode outside of the one where they try to teach the monkey how to race, right? Like, Spritel might have a bigger role than Speed Racer in this movie. I just gotta throw that out there. I don't know about that. Sprite was in every fucking episode. Right, but how many times does he do something, like, worthwhile? Like, here he's, like, trying to keep secrets. He's, like, you know, invading, like, the company. He's, like, the one who finds the, um, he finds the spear hook originally. Well, in the Motorcycle Apaches episode, he, uh, he gets, like, the secret goo for world peace to the, to the UN or whatever. Uh, I guess you're right. He does, tra- he does, uh, transport the bombs well. Also, he shoots people, in his fantasies, at least. So, there's, like, a two-parter, which is all about a country with closed borders, and Speed Racer has to win the race in that for its borders to be open. And Speed Racer doesn't end up winning the race, so the leader of that country, the UN representative, just, like, argue, oh, you should open your borders, no, you should close it. And then Sprito has that genius idea of only opening their borders some of the time. (laughs) He solves it. He solves this fucking argument between, like, nations. I've got it, Speed. Let's invent fascism. (laughs) Finally, centrism wins. Mm Mm-hmm. So yeah, Spritel does a lot. Okay, maybe you're right. But I feel like they frame a lot of this movie around Spritel as well to be like, oh yeah, Speed's cool, but like, you know, this is your this is your uh your audience avatar, as it were. I mean they probably need it too, because Spritel the anime was is a piece of shit. He is the worst <laughs> kid imaginable. Alright, so we talked about it a little bit. What do you think it is that made people not happy about the movie now that 10 years later, a lot more people are a lot more positive about the movie? What changed in the public consciousness between then and now to make this movie like so fondly remembered after the fact? Uh, I think irony and kind of the huge upheaval of just kind of watching bad movies for the fun of it. Okay, you feel like irony is sort of the big seller on this. Mm-hmm. I feel, in general, a lot of, like, Speed Racer, how it is, like, seen nowadays for, like, our generation is more like an ironic, you know, thing to, like, watch and laugh at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's mostly just remembered as, like, a guy, like, driving and then going, ah, and then falling off a cliff with, like, no cuts in between, just like, ah, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. Speed Racer's great, guys. I- I've decided. It is. The car hater might be the best 20 minutes I've seen it come from a television. <laughs> yeah, I feel like now also that, like, Speed Racer, the anime, is so accessible now that it's been, like, re-released and kind of remastered. It's more than just, like, this consciousness idea of, like, oh, do you remember this one scene that we've seen over and over from Speed Racer? And, like, there's this different appreciation now that's, like, we have recovered this artifact of um of media it's like a cave painting but it says so much about the world like in 2008 i don't feel like 
like Speed Racer was the same sort of like thing. You wouldn't be able to have as easy access to it, like to watch, and so you wouldn't be as familiar with it. Now, I feel like the familiarity with it has gotten bigger and like there's this different appreciation for it. Again, sort of ironic or at least like from a stance of this is amazing because of how like how different it is, you know, from the 60s to now. Not only in the way that it handles like, I don't know, race, but also just like animation quality, pacing, storytelling, like it feels like a relic in this very fascinating way. And the movie really tries to capture that in a way that like, I think fits more to modern sensibilities than maybe what people were looking for in 2008 from a movie, just in general. And I think like, we've seen a lot, okay, a few more anime adaptations into Hollywood films. And like, a lot of them like try to like play it safe and like really weird ways. Like, Instead of, like, playing safe and, like, appealing to, like, the anime fans who want to watch the movie, they're like, uh, well, maybe we should get, a, like, a white lead to play this anime character. Or maybe, like, Goku should be in high school. Or just, like, and, like, I feel like Speed Racer doesn't play it safe. In any way. No. This is, like, it's a movie for no one, and but also at the same time a movie for everyone. <laughs> And I think Speed Racer is one of those things where, like, it's, like, one of the few anime movies to just, like, be fun. Like, you look at some of the other ones, like, especially Ghost in the Shell, it's trying so hard to be serious, and that matches the tone of the original, but it feels, like, bogged down by it. And you look at Dragon Ball Evolution, which is based on this very fun, lighthearted sort of show at its core, and it just, like tries to turn into this, like, high school romance with all this other stuff, and it just... It wholly misunderstands the source material, and I think what people really like about it. If they tried to make Speed Racer, like, a drama, that would have sucked so much, and it just captures that same sort of energy, that, like, impossibility of Speed Racer in a way that, like... And they keep picking these sorts of, like, very serious sorts of stories to try and adapt and not the ones that feel like they're the most, like, they they would provide the most entertainment. Like, and it's weird, like, nowadays with, like, this superhero movie boom that we haven't seen, like, the fabled, like, Gotcha Man movie or whatever, or, like, something, like, along those lines at least. Something that, like, tries to, like, take advantage of, like, this weird, like, new pop culture fascination with, like, a bunch of, like, powerful characters who just quip at each other nonstop. And there's, like, the Power Rangers movie, which also tried to, like, make it really serious in comparison to the real nutty sort of thing that it comes from, you know? Like... Oh, you mean uh, Saban's The Power Rangers? Right, you're right. I'm sorry. So, like, it also is, like, unique in the fact that it is just, like, taking this sort of insane source material and turning it into an equally bonkers movie, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like we look at other anime movies that are coming out, like, the- the God, I hope the Beyblade movie is just the Speed Racer movie, honestly! Oh, God, that would be so good. But for Canadian audiences, it's Bay Wheels. <laughs> oh, my God. Because they're gonna try to, like, they're gonna totally bungle whatever Bleach movie they're working on, whatever Naruto movie they're working on. 
because they're going to try to get to the all the dramatic parts and sort of miss what makes those characters so entertaining, which is like all the like dumb antics that they get into. So over under on the the Naruto movie having Naruto say believe it. Oh my god. <sighs> I feel by then society will have descended enough into weebooism. He'll sing down a bio <laughs> and we'll have to like it. I feel like I guess it depends on who who's in charge of that. Because I could see the version of that script that doesn't know enough of the source to give him the believe it. Or even the you know. I feel like there's going to be a time when Naruto says you better believe it, and there's enough of a pause after it to where it's like, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> right, that's that's the that's the scene that they put in the um in like the the previews. Mm-hmm. You better coming summer 2020, believe it. Yeah, okay. All right, I, you know I could accept that, but yeah, Speed Racer is just like unique in that it's. All killer, no filler is the idea behind it. Right? Except it is an hour of filler before you get to the killer, <laughs> but somehow the filler is still killer, and the killer is still filler, and... <sighs> it's everything. This is an everything bagel of a movie. <laughs> I feel like if someone, if someone was to make, like, a, a riff tracks, or even just, like, the commentary track... Like, I feel like the commentary track for this movie has to be, like, at least ten people, three of which are talking over each other at any given time. And, like, two preteens are there. Just to little like, oh, when things happen, because they're crazy. Right. The the actor who plays Chim Chim is there, and he does not shut up. Chim Chim was played by two chimpanzees. So there oh, are wow. two chimps there, just going hog wild on this movie. And so, the last thing I just wanted to talk about with this movie is there's a lot of news about what the previous productions of Speed Racer looked like. At least in certain extents where they're, like, really working on it. Akira-level sort of, they've released a cast list kind of thing. And so I just want to talk about what the shape of all these different Speed Racer movies looked like across the 90s. Mm-hmm. So... In 1994, like in the 2008 movie, Henry Rollins is offered the role of Racer X. And again, I just think that's like sublime casting. I feel like just the way he looks, the way he, you know, the way he acts really fits sort of this like heel sort of anti-hero like Racer X is. Like Henry Rollins is the type of dude who jumps out of a car to try to get a helicopter to shoot at him instead of speed. Mm hmm. And then he would feel just like Racer X. It's very much that sort of energy. So that's right. So 1995 is the first time we get a casting for Speed Racer himself. And it's Johnny Depp. And the filming of this movie is taking place in Southwest American kind of climate. Like California, Arizona sort of area. An entire movie of Johnny Depp saying, where's the gas, mates? <laughs> So, due to some scheduling conflicts and issues of budget, Depp, along with the then-director, Julian Temple, who sort of, like, did a lot more sort of, like, comedy, like, mockumentary sort of films, like The Great Rock and Roll Swindle and Earth Girls Are Easy, ended up leaving the project. So, like, how the hell do you sell Johnny Depp as, like, an 18-year-old racer in the 90s? At the time, he would have been, like, 33. Like, I just don't... 
Like, this, this is the sort of thing where it's like, oh, they clearly just didn't get Speed Racer if they're gonna put fucking Johnny Depp as the lead role for Speed Racer. <laughs> and then, like, film it out in the desert. What the fuck? Wasn't, like, Johnny Depp already 30 at the time? Yeah, yeah, he was, like, 33 at the time. Oh my god. He wasn't gonna trick anyone. Like, he doesn't have that baby face, right? Mm -hmm. He's not like Michael Sarah, where he permanently looks like he's, like, 19. Oh, oh man. man, now that's a Speed Racer movie. All right. Yeah, but Get they should have gotten Michael Sarah to play Sparky. Oh my god. Oh, that would have been a much better Sparky. He he would have pulled off the I am a worthless side character thing so much better. No, they should have made Michael Sarah Speed Racer but with the shitty mustache he currently has. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to like uh hit the number 1 button and jump my car. Okay, I'll do that now. Wow, uh, hey, uh, th th thanks, Trixie. That was, uh, that was, wow, wow, whoo. Oh, is it hot in here? Oh. I'm a demon, and I'm gonna chose after someone. My, my car has, a uh, my car has AC, so if, uh, if we get too hot, we can, we can turn that on. I'm just gonna <laughs> turn it on now. Hey, hey, Racer X, are you my brother? I mean, it's okay if you're not. It's just, it, you know, I was just thinking about it. You know, it seems like you're pretty cool. Like, it, You know what? Forget it. Forget it. I know you're not my brother. That would be <laughs> ridiculous. Why would you be my brother? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll sign up with you, Royalton. Yeah, it seems cool. Seems fine. All right. So, after Temple leaves, Gus Van Sant, uh, the director of Goodwill Hunting, the 1998 Psycho with Vince Vaughn, and Finding Forrester was considered as a director, that seems like the worst choice. Okay, well, what he would have done is he would have done a shot-for-shot shot remake of, like, three Speed Racer episodes in a row. <laughs> like, all of this, starting from the Johnny Depp thing, feels like they're trying to make Mad Max <laughs> in the 90s, but through the lens of Speed Racer, right? Like, they're doing mm -hmm. it out in the desert, they've got Gus Van Sant, they've got Johnny Depp, all of it feels like they're trying to do a road warrior sort of thing. Okay, but mm -hmm. imagine a Fist of the North Star Speed <laughs> Racer crossover. <laughs> oh, God. Does Kentro drive? Does, is he a car hater? Does he punch the cars until they explode? I think that there's just like, yeah, uh, Kinshiro has to fight like, like a Speed Racer like type character who has like a, a car with like buzzsaws and stuff. And so he, he, like, attacks the car's <clears throat> pressure points, which it has. Okay. Oh, man. I hope that this is in the PS4 game. <laughs> and, like, the choice of director only continues to support this sort of theory where the next one brought on in 1997 is Alfonso Cuaron Orozco, who would go on, at the time I don't think he'd done much of anything, but uh, would go on to do Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Children of Men, and gravity? Like, that's the director you want for Speed Racer? Well, I don't know. It makes sense. Gravity is based off of a like uh, a light novel, so no, you're. God damn it! <laughs> it was like a harem story. They took a lot of liberties, right? Sure. My mom is stuck in space. <laughs> we also have Hype Williams being brought on in 2000, who's like. Mostly, like, a hip-hop music video director. Like, you know, kind of all the big ones from the 90s and 2000s. 
Well, I guess, like, with a name like Hype, what else can you direct? <laughs> I guess so. And then got, like, the writer of Prison Break on as a script writer, which, like, all right, now you're providing a movie that is distinctly not Speed Racer, but I feel like has its own identity. If you're going to get a director outside of film, like, a music video director could fit the bill pretty well for what Speed Racer is. Okay, and with his writing, like, Speed Racer, like, takes off his shirt, and he's got a tattoo of the, the race map on his back, and he's like, <laughs> this is really inconvenient, I can't read it. Tejo, I need you to record this for the, for the Casa Cristo. I should have just had a GPS installed, I'm so dumb. <laughs> it was 2000, what were they, they didn't have GPSs. Right, they had, like, a, like, a pterodactyl that would say, take a left here. <laughs> Alright, Speed Racer. <laughs> But he's got one of those GPSs that constantly talks back to him. Mm-hmm. In a quarter mile, please turn right. Activate jump jacks now. <laughs> Incorrect turn on the speed uh, on the racetrack. Do you need to be redirected? And then Speed Racer is like, ah, oh, I want to have Snoop Dogg read my directions. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this gets old really fast, actually. <laughs> so then throughout more of its troubled production, we've had various versions of the scripts credited to names like Gigi Abrams, who, like, at the time wrote Armageddon, and then, like, you know, Mission Impossible 3, Star Wars, The Force Awakens, you know, kind of gotten bigger now as a director, I feel like, than a script writer, but J.J. Abrams was on this at some point, which, I don't know, maybe? He's got, like, a bouncy sort of energy to him. I could imagine that he could write something good. Imagine the big reveal at the end of the Speed Racer movie if J.J. Abrams had wrote it. <laughs> well, they just would have really played up the Racer X reveal, right? Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. like he takes off his mask and he isn't Speed Racer's brother. Then he takes off his face and he's got another Racer X mask under. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's uh, the polar bear from Lost Underneath the Mask. <laughs> and then also uh, Patrick Reed Johnson, who wrote things like Spaced Invaders and Dragonheart and Baby's Day Out, just like, <laughs> what? <laughs> this feels very much like the Akira movie, where they're just trying to attach any name they can to this property, in the hopes that just anything comes out of it. Okay, but like, imagine if this version of Speed Racer hadn't gotten made, and like, nowadays, in 2018, like, I don't know, like... Uh, Gus Movies made the Speed Racer movie, and we were looking at, like, the stuff, and it was like, they want the Wachowskis to direct Speed Racer? Ha, good luck with that! It's 2018, and we're getting, like, oh, it's been reported that Jordan Peele is on it, like... Oh, my God. Well, because Jordan Peele was at least, like, considered or talked to about taking over Akira. So, like, we're at the point where Akira is never going to exist and they're just going to attach every name in it uh, in Hollywood to it at some point. And this mm-hmm. really feels like the 90s to 1000s equivalent of that. <laughs> and then 2004, last like proper look at a Speed Racer movie until the Wachowskis sort of salvaged it. Vince Vaughn tries to spearhead a revival using his own take on the film like he's the idea guy and he's going to like focus on the characters more than like the racing once again it's a shot for shot remake of psycho <laughs> okay they get Guzman and sant back they just redo psycho but speed racers there and ultimately because of this 
he was at the time hired as Racer X and the executive producer. Wait, Racer X must be my drip brother. I've never seen somebody with the same jowls. <laughs> if Vince Vaughn is Racer X, the only choice for Speed Racer is Owen Wilson. It's 2004. <laughs> like, we're not getting away from that. And what the fuck does that movie look like? Wow, Racer X, you're my brother. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, like, Vince Vaughn would have made a better Pops than a Racer X. Oh my god, you're right! That would have been good. But, like, imagine the Owen Wilson Vince Vaughn buddy comedy where it's like Racer X and Speed Racer just like fucking across the world as like big time racers until Owen Wilson finally meets Trixie and tries to settle down. At which point, Racer X just gets so fucking pissed and tries to kill him on the racetrack. He's like, Speed, you know what this X stands for? It stands for sex. <laughs> It's Racer Triple X now. <laughs> but also, he's played by Vin Diesel. Oh, that would have been a good choice. And, and Speed Racer... <sighs> Speed Racer is, like, uh, something that you could, like, take a lot of aesthetic inspiration for and kind of make your own thing out of it. But, like, with everything pointing to, like, a, a very serious sort of, like, desert punk sort of take on it, I feel like that's, like the most wrong way to take Speed Racer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, I could only imagine this working, like, as, like, maybe, like, a comic or, like, a short anime series, like, the gritty Speed Racer. Like, you can't make a movie that's Speed Racer, and, like, that's not what people come here for. Right, like, even the people that would have known, like, what to come to Speed Racer for would not have been happy with that. Like, Speed Racer isn't, like, a property that's around enough for, like, people to want, like, deep deconstructions of Speed Racer. Right, it's no Batman the Dark Knight, which also came out the same year. Oh my god. Racer X is like, you wanna know how I got this mask? <laughs> I bought it. <laughs> and it seems like, as it went forward, it got less and less serious, like, Hype Williams is on it, Vince Vaughn is on it, and finally the Wachowskis are on it as, like, a family film thing. Like, in the proper direction. Like, it feels like it's- it really avoided a bullet. Mm -hmm. <laughs> in a way that- I don't know, I really wish, like, Dragon Ball Evolution had? Like, I'm not sure the production history behind Dragon Ball Evolution, but I feel like that was a straight-shot conception-to-idea thing that just went 100% wrong at the very start of it. <laughs> They should have just gotten the kid who played Spritel to play Goku, and then it would have been a perfect movie. <laughs> oh He's my already God. good with monkeys. Oh yeah, they could do- yeah, they could totally do, like, a, an actual Dragon Ball story, where it's, like, Son Goku. Oh my God. Who- okay, so, do we- what child actor could play Krillin, though? Like- Um, Josh Peck as a child. <laughs> oh my uh, God! The kid from the Stranger Things without the teeth. <laughs> That's not a bad one. <laughs> All right. Well, we okay. We're taking this kid back in time to uh, 2009, mm -hmm. and we're fixing Dragon Ball Evolution. Like, I think that's the thing with like who can name a child actor nowadays because they grow up so fast, right? And like, there aren't a lot of children that are just in like big roles. Like, there just isn't a Spy Kids anymore where you're like, oh yeah, that's a child actor who's going somewhere. Like, they're all on TV now, like Stranger Things. Right. Available on your television. That's right. 
Well, everyone's everyone's got a Netflix box set up to their television these days. Right. Everybody has a smart TV. And they're playing Pokemon Go on it, and I hate them. <laughs> Still no Pikachu in my living room, guys. <laughs> I know you've been camping out there for like eight days now, waiting. Just one day, one day, I can get that Pikachu. So, before we go... We got a number of questions and comments about this, about Speed Racer, not only as a franchise, but also as a movie. So let's go through those. And the first one here comes from friend of the show, QB, who says, Speed Racer's setting as an anime is notably different from what you'd call an anime, since even the original Makagokago never mentions anything Japanese and purposely tries to embody the same vaguely Western globetrotting aesthetic as the James Bond movies. It's unclear if this is, appear- is if this is to appear exotic to an Asian audience along with the future technology, but it ends up translating easily to an English audience since there's nothing that needs to be localized. The 2008 movie also embraces this weird sense of multiculturalism and similarly makes it sometimes feel unanime despite having ninjas in it. You've all probably spent most of the episode talking about how anime this movie is, so I'd like to hear which parts you feel are the least anime or most cartoony. Well, I think Speed Racer, the movie, honestly feels very American, like, especially in, like, the aesthetic for, like, the racer's household. Like, it feels very 1960s America. Yeah, it's very Americana. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it definitely makes that specific and then nothing else, because, again, all on green screen and they're in, like, in a hell universe where everything's, like, super saturated. Like, somehow they are constantly in, like, a fruit-by-the-foot commercial. I think something that's, like, extremely cartoony, and I feel like maybe not as anime, is the wacky races sort of, like, team structure that they set up for the Casa Cristo. I don't know. I've been watching a lot of uh, iShield 21, and, like, every, like, rival football team has, like, the themed gimmick of like, oh, we're all like cowboys. This guy's like a bull. It's like, oh, okay. But it's a lot more wacky races. Yeah, I feel like that that's something that's maybe a little more common in like American cartoons and stuff, like to more distinctly define these sort of teams and the definition of like clicks. And it is the most click ass shit. Imagine Speed Racer at uh, high school, like, trying to find where to sit at lunch. It's like, oh, don't sit with the Vikings or the, <laughs> or like, the go-go the ladies. The sexy spies, yeah. Or Snake Oiler. No, Snake Oiler's Ugh. giving him instructions. He's telling him where to sit. Don't hang out with that car racer, Speed, no matter how low you get. <laughs> I never want you to look at a car again. Because he also goes to school with the car hater. Yeah. He's the principal. Oh my god, what if the car hater was the principal? Oh my god. The car hater goes to the school on horseback. Are we are rewriting the new, uh, is this the new Riverdale? <laughs> oh my god. Speed Racer has to solve a murder in his car. Right, and have sex with his teacher, who is Trixie, I guess? Wait, is that what happens in Riverdale? Yeah, that's like the first episode. <laughs> okay, I've never but yeah, seen it. I feel... In general, I really agree with, like, Jay's, like, view that it's a very American movie, also because, like, besides 1960s Americana shit, all the utopian future shit is kind of, like, meant to be, like, 
oh, this is what people thought the future was going to look like in a 1960s America, you know? Yeah. Where everything looked like the Jetsons. Okay, yeah, I can see that. It, this The future is very Jetsons, I feel. Mm-hmm. Like, it, do- it doesn't feel anime enough, because anime tends to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it tends to, like, focus on certain moves and actions in a way that this movie does not. Like, Things are just happening happening 100% of the time. There is, like, one part in a race where, like, any emphasis is put on a specific move. Mm-hmm. It definitely feels, like, anime-inspired, but not to the degree where it's like, oh, this is, like, pulling away from it. It's just like, oh, you definitely, like, took a lot of inspiration from this very particular look and feel of things, but takes its own, like, has its own spins on it. So I think it kind of accomplishes having its cake and eating it, too. Mm-hmm. In a way that I don't know if any other movie ever could or would ever again. <laughs> like, yeah, I think uh, Speed Racer might be, like, a gift that is only bestowed on a uh, generation once. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so watch out for Speed Racer 2 in Generation Z's uh, <laughs> 14th year. I don't know. Speed Racer eats a Tide Pod. <laughs> it's like, this is what's <laughs> it now. Alright, even outside of that. I feel like the Wachowskis of today would have such a very different look at Speed Racer. Like, it would be, it would be so different than maybe what Speed Racer 2 looked like in 2008. I feel like nothing will ever look like this again. And, <laughs> you know, for better and Maybe worse. that's, yeah. That might not be a bad thing. Um, uh, the Toughest Bean asks, Was a 2008 America ready for mainstream anime? And what anime could have been adapted similarly and not flopped so hard? Oh, that's a tough one, because I feel like Speed Racer is such a well-known property. Like, there's, it's hard to, like, find a property that, especially in 2008, was, like, that synonymous. And, like, Speed Racer was a household name, and it would would be definitely hard to find another anime that was like that. Uh, Dragon Ball Z, but we saw how that went. (laughs) Yeah! That- man, they really flopped that one! But, like, with Speed Racer, there's, like, adults appreciated Speed Racer, because, like, it was a show that they watched as a kid. You know what they could have made? They could have made a Golgo 13 movie. I think that that could have done well in 2008, like- Done in the style of, like, Casino Royale, honestly? Yeah, like, GoGo13 is just a James Bond movie with a little less action and a lot more sex. And that would have been perfect for 2008. And I also just kind of feel, in general, that, like, GoGo13 kind of being on the fringes of, like, anime fandom as it is. Mm -hmm. Because it's, you know, as a sign and, like, infinitely less popular and it's been running since for fucking ever, like, what kind of caused it to have more mainstream acceptance, as it wouldn't be associated with, like, that weird nerd cartoon automatically, you know? Right. Right. And, like, we even saw another attempt at this flop around the same time with the Astro Boy movie, the the animated one. I feel like that was, like, four years later, wasn't it? Astro Boy was 2009. Oh, wow. I feel like a big problem with the timing, also, of these movies was that 
all the anime movies seem to kind of be based off, like, the children's stuff. And especially in the 2000s, we kind of had this whole obsession with, like, appearing as adult as possible in pop culture, you know? It was definitely a time for a lot more serious work coming out. Like you said, Dark Knight, the Dark Knight was the same year. Like, that was, that was a year of definitely, like, more serious films coming out. So, like, the Speed Racer was just, like, it just missed its chance to be sort of, like, for both generations and ended up just being a kid's movie. Okay, here's my idea. 2007, Tim Burton makes a Kaiji Ultimate Survivor movie. <laughs> oh my god. Like, I feel like, okay, so, uh, or, or like 2007, 2008, we would have been just after Tokyo Drift. Mm-hmm. I think they really could have done Initial D. Oh, yeah, that's not bad. Because here's the thing also with Initial D, right? Like, first of all, very American thing. It's all about cars, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have a lot that needs to be changed. Eurobeat maybe wasn't in vogue in 2008, so maybe you'd change that like they do with the newer movies. They would have, like, uh, rock rap, rap rock. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, you could do, like, the street racing thing. And I think you could pull it off pretty well at the same time. Like, Initial D maybe wouldn't have hit it, right? Like, I think what they probably should have done is, like, like focus maybe on, like, adults. Like, maybe, like, single fathers and made Strike Witches. <laughs> oh my god, Strike Witches wasn't around in that time, and it would have been <laughs> a bad idea. I don't know about that. We see how popular, like... Uh, iPhone games where you play as a booby battleship are, so... I guess you're right. Really, if you think about it, like, Strike Witches was ahead of its time. Well, but yeah, 2008, I think for what anime was, certainly in, like, the public consciousness, I don't think we could have gotten a, like, a real successful mainstream anime thing. What about, like, a Cowboy Bebop movie? Well, they've, they've talked about that for so long. Keanu Reeves wanted to be in it, and he'll never yeah. be, but... Like, I feel like nowadays, people are, like, so much... Like, people would have been so much more responsive to Keanu Reeves being Spike. Like, I feel like when that was first announced, everybody was like, Oh, Keanu Reeves, you mean uh, the guy from Bill and Ted? But now everybody would be like, oh, oh, like John Wick, okay. Yeah, so maybe that would have worked around the same time. Uh, Cowboy Bebop may have done it, but, like, again, we're looking at things that... It's a mild Western appeal, for sure, with Cowboy Bebop. Mm-hmm. So maybe that would have been successful. But, like, everything else, I feel like, would have to be so obscure in the way that made, like, uh, Live, Die, Repeat so popular. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to pull from, like, something a little deeper. Like, you, you couldn't have done the same thing with, say, cultural icon Sailor Moon, right? No. Like, you would have never been able to pull off a successful movie Unless it's even more targeted towards kids. Right, or or daddies. Or single dads. <laughs> stop stop that. You got that out. <laughs> so yeah, I just I don't think two thousand eight was ready and I I don't even know that two thousand eighteen is ready really. Like I feel like we're we're just on the cusp now where it's like mainstream enough that we can see that. Like we're going to see a fucking Your Name Hollywood adaptation by J.J. Abrams, right? Like, maybe we're just reaching the point where we can make these live-action movies and 
have them receive a clout that separates them from their source material. Well, I mean, like, J.J. Abrams was also, like, pitched for Speed Racer, so maybe the Wachowskis will actually take your name. Oh my god. Okay, I say this all, we're getting Death Note 2, right? So clearly something worked with that one? (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was a great movie. (laughs) I don't know how much of Death Note was irony fused, though, because I have heard of- I have heard of no one watching that movie unironically. Or, like, liking it unironically, for sure. I feel Mm -hmm. like there are people that wanted to uh, have it be a good movie, and it just wasn't. Okay, but... (laughs) You see that movie? (laughs) No, I haven't. Oh, Oh, I know what we're doing for Halloween. Gotta get on that. Run, don't walk to your local Netflix red box dealer. (laughs) Yeah, but... Throughout this, what I'm noticing is, when we talk about it, like, we're still looking for things that are distinctly, like, interesting to Westerners, right? There there mm-hmm. still needs to be that crossover hit that makes anime, like, cool to the, to the general Western audience, and not just, like, it's cartoons. I don't think it's ever gonna happen. So you'd still have to go with things that still fit a, a Western appeal, like... Maybe My Hero Academia, right? You do your you do your mm-hmm. fucking Sky High Two sort of shit. Uh, Tiger and Bunny, if they ever decide to do that Hollywood thing, like the, you still have to pick the things that are like based off of Western ideas, then brought back to the West. Yeah, I can't imagine like a Hollywood Aroni Kenshin being like like a big box office smash. Especially because they'd probably get somebody to white white to play a Rodikishin. Right. I mean, also the original Otter. Yeah, oh. also, like, oh, you just don't touch mm. that franchise anymore. Yeah, wow, that's I just, forgot. Ooh. That's fucking uh, just blood diamonds over there. But still, 2008, I feel like Roni Kenshin would have just not worked. Yeah. I'm trying to think of crossover successes that aren't just distinctly, like, western influenced things and like the closest i can get is like maybe full metal alchemist or maybe like a gundam but both of those are such like heavy gambles on whether or not they'd work i don't know like full metal alchemist is so european and it's like designs for things oh i guess you're right that is still like a version of western you're right Mm -hmm. i think it's impossible to make a gundam movie like it Unless it's G Gundam, then it makes sense. But then you've got the world globe trotting. I mean, we like, saw aspect. that FMV game. Yeah, like, oh, yeah. God. We know it can work. We saw how it worked. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one is from Waffle Man, who specifically points out the credits theme, which we glossed over a little bit. But the question goes: What the hell is up with them using a shitty rap song that just samples the Speed Racer theme at the credits instead of the actual theme? This is a thing I noticed with some adaptations where they almost seem ashamed of simple fan service. And like, like, yeah, they could have ended with the Speed Racer theme, but they felt inspired and (laughs) created the greatest piece of art (laughs) in the history of the medium. Sorry. (laughs) I and I, I sort of get it. But like, first of all, the original Speed Racer theme would be like. You wouldn't have a come down for the credits, right? It would just be, it would just drop. Yeah. 
like it ends almost immediately after like all the adrenaline racing shit is over, and then you're gonna have he's a demon on wheels. Yeah, so like they take that right and they like add a, a backbeat to it. They they do rapping. Uh, they do rap verses instead. But most of the rest they keep like intact. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It it samples very heavily. Yeah, and it's it's a very two thousands move where like you were getting like pop stars to do like very pointed songs about the movie, like um for Meet the Robinsons when they got the Jonas Brothers, or even like I feel like the the Owl City song they got for Wreck It Ralph. Mm-hmm. Like it's a very specific style, but I think it it captures enough of the Speed Racer theme to still distinctly be like, yeah, this is, we bought the theme so that we could use it for this, but also, like, is, like, you know, the the thing that kids would, like, buy a single for, right? Like, it's still cool. It's hip. Oh, I bet the single, like, the CD would be, like, it would look like a, a wheel. Oh, wow. Also, I'm gonna, just gonna go ahead and say that uh, the Wachowski sisters are fucking dorks, and they <laughs> would think that rap song is, like, the coolest shit possible. The cool thing I like about it is the fact that it runs through, like, five different languages throughout of it. Like, it's, mm-hmm. like, Japanese, Korean, there's Spanish, there's English. Like, it feels like it hits that international feel of the original Speed Racer, where it's like, you know, everyone's coming together to talk about how cool Speed Racer is. But it keeps the pre-chorus, it keeps the chorus, which is weird, because it's just saying, go Speed Racer over and over. Like... <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, I, I feel like it captures enough of that sort of nostalgic feeling while also making it, like, an acceptable credit song. The only way they could have used the original track is if it were, like, in the background of, like, one of the races or one of the sequences where they're talking about how cool Speed Racer is, right? Like, it just, the way it's mastered and produced is so distinctly the 60s in a way that, like, just doesn't translate super well for use in, like, modern media, I think. Yeah, definitely. Waffle Man's just mad that they made it the box six. Game, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm just so pissed. <laughs> no, but, I, I mean, I get it, but, like, I feel like for as pulled back as all the fan service was for Speed Racer anyways, this, this just continues that trend, right? <laughs> it's not trying to be a movie specifically for Speed Racer fans, because I... I don't know what that they looks don't like. Exist. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. So it it does the next best thing, which is it makes a it makes a rap remix for the real Speed Racer fans, <laughs> right? For the real new Speed Racer fans, get the weak shit out of here. <laughs> get that weak shit off my track. <laughs> and then the final one comes from Ristix, who says, "When I first saw the movie, it was very early morning, and I was in a state of really wanting to go to sleep." but also staying up screaming and fluctuating periods of time with my emotional red line being the last race. So this movie stayed with me since then. Oh, I, oh, red line. I, like the racing <laughs> oh, movie. Wow. Make a red line Hollywood movie, honestly. <laughs> the 60s series charm was because of how goofy it was overall due to sketchy animation, the characters, the character names, the dub, and so on. Whereas the movie has this hype to it that still has the goofiness that's telling you to embrace it for a wild ride. I really dig that. And I think we sort of talked about that already, where it's like, it, it is it is the feel, it is the, like, aesthetics of Speed Racer without feeling so beholden to, like, matching all of the, like, mimetic pieces of it or trying to, like, recreate individual parts. 
Like, it just Mm -hmm. takes aspects of Speed Racer and just runs with it. Like, the character Snake Oiler, and just, like, having (laughs) him be dressed head to toe in snake skin and, like, just shooting Speed Racer with an actual gun during a race. It's great. I still would have preferred Skullducker. It's just, like, all the concepts of Speed Racer, like, cranked up. Because you also look at Snake Oiler from the anime, and he's got, like, goggles and a helmet, and he just has, like, an S on his chest to let you know that he's a Snake Oiler. And in the movie, they just run with this. He's wearing snake skin. He's got, I think he's got, like, instead of, like, leather seats, he's got, like, snake skin seats. Like, (sighs) he's just going all in on this particular aesthetic, and he just looks like the sort of shitty, like, 70s, 80s dude who would be called Snake Oiler and wear snakeskin everywhere. He should have had a giant S still, but it would have been the cool S. <laughs> he honestly oh just looks like every fucking Shaw Brothers movie. There's, like, this one, like, creepy asshole the main hero beats up. He's, like, <laughs> basically the guy from season two of Fargo who shoots up a diner. <laughs> oh, my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh, that's the brother of Macaulay Culkin, by the way. Oh, what? Yeah, Wait. that's one of Macaulay Culkin's brother. That, oh, wow. like, sleazy guy from Fargo Season 2 who shoots up a diner. Yeah, so I, I think, man, God, Speed Racer is such a powerful, it's a powerful show. <laughs> it truly is. Oh, by the way, did you, I didn't bring this up before, did you know in Speed Racer X, the, the reboot, they have a gorilla instead of a chimpanzee? Oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> Man, now I know what we're doing the next episode of Calco. Oh my god, just every speed racer. I mean, like, only they only last for, like, two episodes each, so it wouldn't be that hard. (laughs) You know, as much as it's a nightmare to watch, right, it's, it's an experience that has to be seen to be believed. I think the speed racer movie is a lot of fun, and, like, only for people who really like to be, like, overindulged or you know like this is like a rich dessert oh yeah it's it's decadent i i disagree i think it is a good background movie because you can just kind of do shit and you can look at it and wow this looks pretty this is cool i can see that too where it's like you just go into it for the spectacle like Mm -hmm. i feel like this is the perfect movie to show off if you get a new entertainment system, like, this is the movie you put on, like, at the party, where, like, people aren't watching the movie, but they'll, like, walk across the living room and be like, oh, wow, this looks so nice, and the, the sound system sounds so good. <laughs> and they'll be like, is that Spritel? Is that, is that mm-hmm. Spritel? Yeah, this is the sort of movie you need to either be paying 100% attention to, or 0% to. Speed Racer is a movie with no subtext, but there is so much text, some of it just gets lost. <laughs> right, like, um, in between one of these segments, you were asking me, are there any themes to Speed Race? It's like, yeah, it's about, you know, the evil of big corporations. And it's like, oh, well, of course, now, now that you say it, you get it. But like... I mean, I feel like that's what every movie's about, though, in fairness. Okay, you're probably right. So yeah, I mean, I don't know, Speed Racer, I think you should watch it. I don't know if you're going to like it, but I think you should watch it. Just generally. Yeah, I I think we all need a little bit of Speed Racer in our lives. Like, anime and the movie. I think both of them give very different experiences 
It, so, like, you know, maybe you don't like one as much, you might like the other more. But they still have this sort of, like, undeniable energy to them that's, like, hard to hate. I'd say they're both total recommends for me. I love these things. I love them. Speed Racers are both just kind of crazy fun movies. You can just kind of, like, you don't have to pay, like, full attention to it. But, like, whenever you do, it's always a hoot. Right, like, once they fi- once they get to the Casa Cristo, just, like, everything past that is such a fun ride. It's, oh, it's just great. Yeah, do it. It's on Netflix, so, yeah. Like, why, are- why haven't you already? It was off Netflix for a while, which then came back. And I'm really glad it's back. And now, um, Speed Racer, the anime, not only available on Blu-ray with the Speed Racer and Mach Gogogo cuts available, but also available streaming via Funimation. So, like, there's never been a better time to go and watch these. Certainly to watch the classic Speed Racer, right? Like, this this beloved franchise. And also the movie based off of it, which is, like, highly entertaining. But yeah, so that's Speed Racer, the 2008 movie. Happy 10... Happy 10-year anniversary to this marvel of cinema. Mm-hmm. Who knows what anime movies may come after, but none of them are ever going to look like this ever again. Right. That's right. But you do get to vote on the next anime movie we watch. So, <laughs> muck, go, go, go to the polls. <laughs> oh my god. And so, remember to tune in next time, where Zane joins me again as we talk about the next upcoming season of anime, as well as the oh, shows. Oh, still that... making that? Yeah, turns out. Huh. Maybe you just don't know about it because you're a you're a Westerner who doesn't keep up with the times. You're like, oh, all all I've got is Teen Titans Go to watch because that's the only <laughs> thing that shows anymore. But no, they're making plenty of cartoons outside in Japan. Okay, well. Um... You should vote on what uh, Zane and Sharps have to watch, so Teen Titans, <laughs> go no. to the polls. Stop that. <laughs> yeah, so join us next time for our seasonal coverage. Until then, I've been Chorps Away. I'm the J of Spade. And I've been Future Friends. And this has been Coco Disaster. Sweet dreams. Goodbye. Mwah. Goodbye. <laughs> you just really have to get the last word in, don't you? Goodbye.